If you've got your Bibles, open with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And if you're really spiritual this morning, you can put a marker in Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Um, are you catching up with my accent? Are you, are, you, are you there now? Okay, that's cool. Because sometimes it takes just a minute to calibrate, and I get that. In the, in the nine o'clock service, I said, greetings from Australia. And then everyone laughed because I was like, no, I'm actually, I live in Florida. So <laughs> it's, it doesn't really work, but it's so good to be just up the road from you guys. You know, you, you're definitely getting close to Miami because the traffic completely changes on I-95. And the other thing was about it, it took, it was about a five hour drive. I don't know why I'm sharing this story, but it just made me laugh. We, we went all the way from St. Augustine down to Miami, flooring at speed limit. And we're absolutely crushing it. And then we get to the last 10 miles and we crawled the last 10 miles. And I was like, we must be in Miami now. And uh, man, you guys got some crazy drivers. I know some of you are crazy drivers. And so I got to, to meet some of you guys yesterday. All right, First Timothy chapter six. I'm gonna start just at the end of verse two. Paul says this, he says, teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth. Imagining that godliness is a means of gain. But listen to what Paul says. He says, but godliness with contentment, everybody say contentment, is great gain. If, for we brought nothing into the world, we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these things, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. I wanna preach a message today. This is the title this morning, if you're taking notes. Thanks, I'm good. Thanks, I'm good. Online, love that you're with us. I just heard that there is something like 56 countries that get this service or something like that, or it goes that far out. Praise God, I can't get my head around that, but welcome online. It's great to see you. Glad you're a part of it. Thanks, I'm good. Come on, let's pray together. Let's pray over God's Word together. Lord, we thank You for Your Word today, Father. We thank You that the words in this Bible have the power and the ability to shape us and to mould us into who we're called to be. So Father, we thank You for that truth this morning. Lord, we come under the authority of Your Word. God, we know there's so much in here that's gonna teach us and help us. God, no matter where we're at, Lord, would You speak to us today? We have that kind of faith today that You're gonna speak clearly to Your people, Lord, through Your Word, as always. Holy Spirit, we're wide open. We love You, we need You. Lead us into all truth, Holy Spirit. We love You so much, we're glad You're here. And Lord, we also pray for Calvary kids right now beautiful next generation that are also being built up and also being called. Father, we thank you that you're doing so much in their lives as well. Bless them in Jesus' name. We all said, amen. Amen. I'm good, my man. Thank you so much. It's just like sweet aroma. It's amazing. (laughs) 
I was just thinking recently at Thanksgiving time. Do you have a good Thanksgiving? I was thinking about food at Thanksgiving, which is obviously what you do. I was thinking about this message a little bit and I was thinking about the combinations that come with food. There's amazing combinations that come with food, but I was thinking about this one specific one. At Thanksgiving time, we have a tradition which is, which is cinnamon rolls in our family. Yeah, I know, you know what I'm talking about. They are so good. And you know what's amazing as a parent? They're so easy. You just roll them out, throw them in the oven, try not to forget about it and burn them. But I was thinking about the combination of a cinnamon roll. Imagine if you had the cinnamon roll, but you didn't have the icing and it was just the roll. It'd be terrible, it'd be dry, it'd be awful. Imagine if you didn't have the roll, but you just had the icing, that would be okay. (laughs) But the two of those things combined, ooh, what a holy combination. What an amazing pairing. I was thinking about that, but here the Apostle Paul going to much more serious matters, he gives us a combination. He gives Timothy a combination that I believe is a game changer for a believer. This is what he says. He says, godliness, being a Christian, loving Jesus, knowing God, godliness with contentment is great gain. When he says great gain, he means great increase. Will add to your life, will take you forward in life. These two things in combination produce great gain in the life of a believer. And we see this all through Scripture. There's all of these amazing combinations coming together produce amazing things. I'll give you a few. Faith, hope, and love is an amazing combination. Grace and truth, a powerful combination. Think about this combination, the Trinity itself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's a combination coming together produces amazing things. Some other ones, forgiveness and mercy, which we sang about this morning. I love it. Love and faithfulness. But Paul says to Timothy, the leader of the church in Ephesus, he says, godliness and contentment. Contentment is a powerful thing in the life of a believer. Contentment is a strong biblical character, a trait that I believe that the church today, we need to talk more about it. We need to engage in God's word and learn more about it. The early church had a revelation of contentment when it comes to the things of God. Contentment is a great thing, produces great results and great gain in our lives. Let me show you a few, a, two other verses that talk about contentment. This is Luke chapter three and verse 10. This is, a, this is John the Baptist outworking his ministry. People are coming to him. People are getting baptized. You know, he's fulfilling his ministry, his call. And it says in verse 10, and the crowds asked him, what then shall we do? And he answered them, whoever has two eunuchs is to share it with uh, him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, teacher, what shall we do? And he said, uh, collect no more than you're authorized to do. Soldiers also asked him, and we, what shall we do? And he said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusation and be content. Be content with your wages. Let me show you another one. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse two. See, the author of Hebrews says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you are also in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money. Look at this. And be content with what you have. Be content with what you have for he has said, speaking of Jesus, our high priest, 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. Contentment, just I want to give you the biblical definition is this, a state of mind in which one's desires are confined to his lot no matter what it is, whatever it may be. It is opposed to envy, opposed to ambition, opposed to anxiety, and it arises from an inward disposition and is the offspring of humility. I love that. And of an intelligent consideration of divine providence. In other words, it's a understanding in the mind that God has given me what I have. And it's in what I have that I can understand that there is divine providence. There is a plan that is being orchestrated that has come from heaven, from my life, that's being outworked in my life. And whatever that looks like, I need to be content with that. Because God can do amazing things with a believer who's content. It's awesome. So I wanted to give us just a few things this morning. I normally shoot threes when it comes to points, but I got four today, okay? So forgive me. I got a bonus point for for Miami, Calvary, Miami today, all right? Number one, I'm having fun this morning. This is great. Number one, contentment begins at salvation. That's where we got to start. And I want to preach the truth and shame the devil today. Jesus is all you need. It begins at salvation. All you'll ever need is Jesus. So I want to ask you a question. Is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough? And if you're in here today and maybe you're like, I can't believe you would say that. I've been a Christian a long time. I'll just phrase it a little bit differently for you. Is Jesus still enough? Is he still enough? Because I've walked this walk. I understand what this looks like. Isn't it amazing when we get saved? It's like, man, it's so good. Everything's great. We're telling everyone about Jesus. We're we're on fire for God. And then we start to do a little bit of life. We start to go to connect groups. We start to give. We start to understand tithing. And we do that. We're a part of things. The seasons of life roll by. And then sometimes we find ourselves in a place and we're like, oh, is there anything else? But just like David, we need to return to that first love, to understand the joy of our salvation, that contentment, it begins with Jesus. It begins when we see Jesus and the joy that comes when we meet Him. I was, seven, I was 19 when I got saved. I got saved at Hillsong Church and I had no business, no business in Sydney, Australia going to church like Hillsong. I didn't grow up with church. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't know anything to do with the Bible. I, didn't know, I had no upbringing at all and I was radically saved at 19. Radically saved, praise God. But here's what's crazy is that at that time in my life, there was a lot of turmoil. I lost some dear people in my life. My life was a mess and then I got saved. And it was interesting that at the time I sort of thought maybe things will get better. Maybe, you know, now that I got, you know, everyone's telling me this is great, I'm saved. They gave me a Bible, you know, they invited me to stuff. Everything's going to be awesome. But it wasn't awesome on the outside. Oh, there was turmoil. There was fractured relationship. You might be in here today. It's like, man, you're in a struggle. I was struggling as a 19 year old. But you know what I learned in that season that, that whilst there was a wrecking ball that God was putting through my life to completely erase the house of cards that I'd built, this is what I learned is that he taught me that even I still remember being in this little apartment I lived in, this tiny little apartment. It was dingy. It was dirty. It was just, my life was a mess, but I had Jesus. And I remember the joy that came into my life. I remember the contentment that filled my heart. I remember that, man, everything might be a mess, but I got Jesus, I'm gonna be just fine. I got everything I need. 
And you might be in here today, I wanna put faith in you today to understand there might be circumstances that are external that are a struggle, but if you have Jesus, that is all you need. You're gonna be just fine. God's gonna work it out. Contentment, it begins at Jesus. I had a revelation of Jesus for myself and that's powerful. Number one, contentment, it begins at salvation. Number two, you ready? Contentment builds my life whereas comparison kills my life. Contentment, it's a builder. It will build my life. But comparison, man, that's a killer in my life. We live in a world where comparison, I believe, is as bad as it's ever been. And there's a reason for that. It's because of this little thing we carry around in our pockets. I never bring a phone up on to stage usually when I church, uh, when, when I'm speaking at church. But can I just encourage you, I did today because we've got to be careful that this scrolling it doesn't give me contentment. <laughs> Scrolling, what it does is it causes me to have a lack of contentment. It causes me to maybe compare if I'm not careful. And the more I scroll, the more I realize that I'm not as content as I used to be. And we've got to be careful today. We live in a world that is always looking for the next thing. It's always looking for what's next, always looking for something else to satisfy. The definition of contentment is that I would be satisfied and I would be fulfilled in what God has given me if we're not careful and we begin to compare, begin to look over the fence at other things. We begin to look elsewhere. Is it amazing how we grow discontent? It's amazing how all of a sudden it's just like, man, I just feel like I'm not blessed. I feel like I don't have what I, what, I, I used to think what I had was awesome. Why do I not feel like that anymore? And if we're not careful, we can allow something like comparison to destroy our life. Contentment is a great builder in our lives. Look at Hebrews 13 again. This is what the author says. He says, keep your life free from the love of money. And he says, and be content with what you have. I just want us to come around this thought just for a moment. No one has everything, but everyone has something. And I just need to spend just a few minutes with you. I could just spend a few minutes with you and just ask you about your family. I could ask you maybe about your kids, your job, your journey, what you've been through, where you've come from. And I guarantee we'll find something to be grateful for. We'll find something to be thankful for. We'll find something that we can be content in and understand that, man, not, everything ha- not everyone has everything. The world wants to tell you you can have everything and that's a lie. But everyone has something God has given them. God wants you to understand that you can be content, Hebrews says, with what you have. Start there. Let, yeah, let's believe for more. Let's believe that God's gonna bring great things in your life. Let's believe there's gonna be breakthrough. Let's believe that, that there's gonna be this amazing ascension called your life with God, but understand the power of what you have and the contentment you can have and devote that to the Lord and watch the way He builds your life. Proverbs 10 and verse 23. I love this verse. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes rich. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. But it comes with a promise. It says, and he adds no sorrow to it. So as you begin to, 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 to be content with what you have, as you understand the power of what God has given you, when you, when you realize God is in this, He's gonna bless me. He's gonna build my life and there's no trouble that's gonna come with it. There's no sorrow that's gonna, when God, when God blesses your life, He wants it to be a blessing, not trouble. And riches and everything external has the power to rob from us because sometimes it can just be trouble. But God loves you too much 
The blessing of the Lord makes rich. So number two, let's beware of comparison. Number three, contentment can be learned. Philippians chapter four. This is something you can learn. This is something you can grow in. Maybe you're a new believer in here today. Maybe you recently got saved at Calvary. First of all, well done. You're in a great church. You found yourself in a great place to be planted and you'll be blessed here. But maybe you're in here today and you've never, you've never heard this before. You don't, you know, what, what, you, what is contentment? Is this, is this applicable? It's absolutely something we can learn, something we can grow in, something we can seek after, we can develop and we can grow in. The Apostle Paul says it again, this time uh, to the church in Philippi, chapter four and verse 10, I'm reading from the message. It says, I'm glad in God, far happier than you would ever guess. Happy that you're again showing such strong concern for me. Not that you ever quit praying and thinking about me. You just had no chance to show it. Actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned now, by now to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with a little as with much, with much as with little, I've found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. I love that. And I love this. I love that Paul says, he says, I have learned. I have learned to be content no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation. This is a word for someone in here today that you can learn no matter what is going on, no matter what the, what, no matter what the report is, no matter what it looks like, you can learn to be content in whatever the circumstance. This is something we can foster. And I'm believing at Colonial Church and Calvary Church that we would just be a whole lot of content people, understanding that we have Jesus, understanding we're learning this, we're growing. And God is taking care of us. The great preacher Spurgeon said it this way. He said, Christians know that an ounce of contentment is more valuable than a ton of gold. Just an ounce of contentment. Just an ounce of contentment. I wonder what an ounce of contentment could do in your life today, in your season, what you're going through. Understanding, oh man, this is awesome because all of a sudden a spotlight's been put on what I do have now. And I think that's powerful because we can look around in our lives and quite easily focus on what we don't have and think, man, I wish I had that. I wish I had this. And oh man, it'd be so great. But we forget to, to, to look around and God, you have blessed me. You've given me so much. You've helped me along the way. I remember when we were early on in our journey as a church, we were a few years in and we were portable and portable life as a church sucks. <laughs> it really wasn't that bad. But I remember, I just, I, I have a problem sometimes I get ahead of myself. And, and, and as a visionary and leader of our church, I was starting to like live in a place in my mind that we weren't there yet. And I started to, to, to wish, oh man, I wish I had a permanent building like Calvary has. I wish, I wish I had my own space. We had our own space to meet and we were bumping in and out of venues. And I remember one time we got a call, my brother-in-law, Jeremy and I, we were you know, doing all the venue stuff and we got a call at like three o'clock on a Friday afternoon from the venue. And they're saying, hey, Sunday, not gonna work. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have a gun and a bird show instead. We were renting like an armory. And it was just like, yeah, thanks. Thanks so much, you know? So I think we just, we flipped the switch and we had church at the beach or something. It was amazing. God, God showed up and people got saved. It was awesome. 
But I remember in that time, I was just like, man, I just wish we had a venue. I wish we had stuff. I wish we could, we could you know, put our, our things somewhere. And I remember God in that moment reminded me we had a storage unit. We had a like eight by 10 storage unit that cost us $220 a month. And I remember God saying, I gave you that. You should be content in what I've given you with what you have. And what I learned was God was doing some things in that season. He was doing some things in, in, in the family of our church. He was doing some things in our team. He was doing some things in the people around me. But most of all, He was doing some things in me. And I had to learn that contentment with godliness, come on somebody, produces great gain. So I wanted to really quickly, wanted to really quickly just give us a few things that we can always stay content in. That no matter, no matter what's going on, no matter, no matter where we're at, the first is this, we can always be content in our walk with the Lord. Like I said before, is Jesus still enough? Is He still enough for you? All you will ever need is found in Jesus Christ. Something else that we can be content is, in, is our calling in life. Do you know that every single person that, that, that calls Jesus Lord has a calling? I love the thing about the calling is it's like the phone that just doesn't stop ringing. That's the calling of God as I understand it. But we all have a calling. Our calling is this, is to love and to live for Jesus all of our days. That's what we're called to do as believers. We're Christ's little ones. We're called to just love Jesus and live for Him. We're called to do that. But then every single person on top of that, we all have a God-given specific calling in life to do a certain thing for God. And so in, when it comes to our calling, can I just encourage you, you can be content in your calling, in your, in your gifting and what God has gifted. He has put something brilliant on your life. He has put something amazing on your life that you know how to do. And you can be content in that. It's powerful when we have contentment in our calling. Something else that we can have contentment with is our spouse and our family. I've been married to my wife now for 15 years and I can tell you she's my A and she's my Z and she's everything in between. When I married my wife, in a sense, this is what God was saying. This is my blessing for you. It's a permanent installation. It's not interchangeable. It's not like, oh, I'm just gonna be like, oh, okay, what's next? No, there is no next. I only have one spouse. Praise God. But that's on purpose for my own contentment, for my contentment from God. Something else that we can grow, we can always stay content in is the season we find ourselves in. This season, your season. Online, your season, wherever you're at. You might be in here today and you're in a season of sowing. Can I just encourage you? You need to be content in your season. Maybe you're in here today and you're in a season of waiting. You're waiting on God. Here's the word of the Lord for you this morning. You need to be content in that season. Maybe you're in here today and you're like, man, I'm in a season of believing and growing faith. Can I just encourage you? Be content there. Because here's the problem with living in the next season. And I've done this. I've lived in my mind, in my, in my head, in my, sometimes even with, with everything, my emotions sometimes, I live in a different season. Or the season that I'm believing is coming next. Is the problem is God's working with me in my current season. He's showing me things. He's building things into me. Maybe you, God wants you to deal with some forgiveness and some bitterness now before you step into the next season because that will, be, that will affect you in the next season. 
We can be content in the season we're in, no matter where we're at, no matter what we're doing. Because this season, God is in it. He's working, He's showing, He's teaching, He's helping. So number one, contentment, it begins at salvation. Number two, it builds my life. Number three, it's something I can learn, I can develop, I can grow. And finally, number four, my my contentment is always fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Team, you can come join me. Contentment begins at the cross and it ends at the cross. Begins at the empty tomb, starts there and ends there. It begins when we say yes to Jesus, begins when we get a revelation of God's grace, it begins there and it ends there. Because here's the truth, we go through life, we pick up things, we try to do stuff, we believe for things, we see breakthrough, we achieve things on God's behalf, but ultimately my fulfillment is in Jesus. If you're taking notes, just write this last thought down. I am, most, I am designed to be most content in Jesus Christ. The very design of your life, every fabric of your being, every part of who you are, all of it and every part of it, you are designed to be most content in Jesus Christ. Most content. In other words, the happiest you'll be is in Jesus. The most joy you'll ever have is in Jesus. The most fulfillment you'll ever have is in Jesus. I pray we would be people that understand the power of contentment in Jesus Christ and nowhere else. So would you stand with me? I wanna pray for people today. And maybe you walked in here today and you did not think you were gonna hear a message like this. I believe that's on purpose. I believe God is in it. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to people right now about this issue, about this thing. Because this this is the burden for the whole message is I believe there are people that are missing what God is doing right now. Right now, right around them. And what I'm talking about is your season. I'm talking about your your walk with the Lord, what you're going through right now. You might be going through something right now and you feel like, oh man, God's not with me. It's the opposite. He's right there with you. He's showing you things. He's teaching you things. He's helping you right now. And if we're not careful, if we let it, a lack of contentment, it robs us from seeing the very thing that God is doing. So where do you land? How is the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? So with every head bowed, just people taking a moment, why don't you just ask the Holy Spirit right now? What are you saying to me through this message? How are you speaking to me through this message? What area do I need to take care of when it comes to contentment? Paul said, godliness with contentment is great gain. Maybe you're in here today and it's relationships. Maybe you've been growing discontent in your marriage. This is my prayer for you today, is that you would understand all over again that God has given you that for, for a purpose, that you can be content. Maybe you're in here today, it's finances and you're looking around and you're like, man, I don't have a lot. I don't have anything. But I guarantee you, if you look down, you'll see something you do have. You can be content in that. You can be content with what you have, like the scripture says. Maybe you're in here today and it's relationships and it's like, man, I'm struggling in this area. I feel an emptiness. I feel a void. I pray that today, be a day. You say enough's enough. I'm not going to be looking at other distractions. I'm not going to be trying to reach for other things that aren't for me. I'm going to be centered on the things that God has for me right now. So when you know what that is, when you feel like you have it, you feel like yeah, the Holy Spirit speaking to me about this right now, you just lift up your hand. Well, no one's looking around. I want to pray for you. I feel like some contentment is going to be released in this house today. 
Holy Spirit contentment. Powerful. Well, Lord, I thank you. Hands are raised across the room from one side to the other, from the front to the back. We cry out to you today, God. Father, we start with thanksgiving and praise. Lord, we thank You for the journey You've taken us on. We thank You for everything You've given us today, Lord. Father, I pray for contentment that comes. Like Paul said to Timothy, contentment and godliness is a powerful combination. Let it be so in our lives as well. God, I pray for marriages right now. There would be a contentment that comes in. For relationships, Lord, that there would be an amazing contentment that exists. God, I pray for finances, that You would uh, multiply what we have, knowing full well that we can be content right where we are with what we have right now. In Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name. Come on, let's lift our hands. Let's worship God together this morning. Come on.
takes someone who's completely turned off to the things of God and switches them right on. And in a moment, a whisper, a prayer, everything's changed. So I'd just love to ask you a question just before we get done. Is this, have you ever said yes to Jesus? Online, just wanna ask you a question today. Have you ever said yes to Jesus? It's a personal question, but here's the thing about the gospel. It's not for the elite. It's not for people that maybe have the right story. It's for everyone, it's personal. It's for you and it's for me. So I just wanna ask you a question this morning. Do you know Jesus? Have you ever said yes to Jesus? Have you ever made the conscious choice to surrender ownership of your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ? I think about it this way. It's just like, take my life, Lord. You can do a better job with it than I can. I wanna do life your way. I want you to be the ruler of my heart. I want you to be my Lord. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Have you ever invited Him in? With every head bowed, eyes closed, Christians praying. Friend, I wonder if you would say yes to Jesus today. Maybe you're in here today and you're like, yeah, I've danced around this for a long time. Maybe even grown up in church. There's never been a moment where you know that you know that you made a decision to say yes to Jesus. I wonder if today would be your day. I wonder if today would be the day you leave this place knowing that you know you're in right relationship with God. Or maybe once you did make that choice and if you're honest with yourself, deep down in your heart, you're away from God, you're backslidden in your heart, you feel disconnected from Him. I wonder if today would be your day of new beginnings. So I'm gonna count to three. If that's you today, that's all I need you to do. While no one's looking around, I just need you. When I count to three, you just lift up your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it. And I'll include you in a prayer. And it's a simple prayer of asking Jesus to come in. The Bible says we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and God raised Him from the dead. Romans says you will be saved. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to get all everything right. You don't have to go and fix everything and come back. You just come as you are. So I'm gonna count to three. If that's you today, when I get to three, just lift up your hand high enough and long enough to, for me to see it online as well. If you wanna make this choice, you just type in the chat. I'm raising my hand as well. So here we go. I'm gonna count to three. If that's you, when I get to three, you just lift up your hand. One, God loves you, friend. He loves you so much. You're not a mistake. He loves you. Two, the Bible says that now is the time of salvation, the favourable time. I'm crazy enough to believe that you're here on purpose, that God orchestrated events so you would be here right now. I believe this is your hour, this is your minute, this is your time. Three, if that's you, just shoot up your hand. High enough and long enough for me to see it. Come on, be bold today. Put it up. Awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. So good. Is there anyone else? Say, yeah, pastor, that's me. I want to pray that prayer. I want to be in on that. So good. Praise God. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to pray a prayer together. And I love this moment of service because it's kind of like all of us are just wrapping you up in our arms. We're standing with you. We're saying, hey, this is awesome. And we pray alongside you. But let's all pray this prayer together. Let's say, dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you died for me. And you rose again so that I could have life. Forgive me of my sins, of all the things I've done wrong. I make a choice today to follow you, Jesus, to be a child of God, in the family of God, for the rest of my days, in Jesus' Name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on. 
good. Well, if you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer, I just want to tell you, I'm proud of you. It's awesome. It's the best decision you could ever make for your whole life. Putting Jesus first. Pastor Alex, God bless you. Amazing. Like you just said, we're proud of you. We believe it's the best decision you can make with your life. And that's to start following Jesus, to live a life with him. And uh, in fact, we have a free gift for you. Uh, right after service, we're leaving in just a moment. There's a tent outside called our Connect Tent. And we have an incredible team out there. They want to give you a Bible. Because of our giving, we buy thousands of Bibles a year. And we give them away for free. Today is a free gift from us to you. These Bibles are specifically written for new Christians or new believers. They have things on the side and underneath that are going to help you understand what you're reading. Some notes to help you understand. So today... Pass by, pick one up. They're not going to ask you for your address. They're not going to show up at your house on Monday morning and say, would you love to hear about my friend and Savior, Jesus Christ? No, they just want to high-five you and give you a free Bible today. So come on, to everybody that made that decision, can we give them a hand one more time? Amazing. If you made that decision online, we're mailing out Bibles all year long. And so let us know in the chats. we got pastors and leaders there. We'll mail one out to you as well. Anybody receive that word today? Come on. Thanks, I'm good. Look at the person next to you, tell them I'm good. I'm good. Matt and Jill, thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Thank you for that word. There's such an anointing over your lives, over your church. And uh, thank you for that, that message today. You're so anointed. You're so gifted. I feel like you could have told me off. And there's just this grace about you to receive from you. Seriously, you're such a gifted communicator and evident God's hand and anointing over your life. Thank you for spending this time with us today. And I believe we got better today because of that word. Come on. God is so good. This week, thanks. I'm good. We're going to be content with everything he's given us. He is a good God. Come on, let's believe for the best week ahead. Let's believe that he'll go before us, behind us, surround us every single day this week. Next week, heart for the house. Come on, it's going to be a big, big Sunday. Bring everybody you can. It's going to be a special Sunday, special video presentation. They will re-honor God with our very best. Let's lift up our hands. We're going to to leave out of here lifting up the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We love you for this incredible day. Thank you for your word. Thank you that godliness with contentment. God, it does so much good for our soul. We pray that this week our eyes will be placed on you. We pray that we will leave out of here with our heads lifted high, knowing that you're for us, you're on our side. We thank you for this day. We love you, we praise you, and we lift up the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Come on, let's lift it up.